Okay. Well, the book up for discussion is Suspect by Robert Crace. And um, I thought we'd start by going around and, and seeing what people thought of the book. Um, and then um, I can give you a little background about the characters. Um, unfortunately, I'm having a little bit of a brain a brain block. I guess I need to start taking notes. My memory isn't as good as it used to be. I can't remember the name of the, the woman who Scott kind of uh, ends up falling in love with. So if somebody can refresh my memory on that one, that would be great. All the other ones I think I'm good on, just that one person. That was Joyce Cowley. And since I have the mic, I'll start. Um, This book was really hard for me to get into at first because of the violence in the beginning and the, the Marine being killed and the dog being wounded and and then when the cop was killed and I normally I can read books with violence in them but for some reason it that kind of that really was hard for me to read but once I got past that and I, I started, once I started, I couldn't put it down, but it was hard for me to pick it up again. And I thought the most interesting parts were the parts with the dog. When um, Scott was training the dog and the, the bond between them and how they both had been through such trauma and they just work together and that was to me that was the most interesting part the procedural stuff got a bit heavy at times excuse me the police procedural stuff was a bit heavy at times but all in all it was really a good book in the end a total surprise I totally thought it was going to be I honestly I thought it was the mafia because there were so many things. You read books about the mafia and you see certain similarities. And I really, I kept saying, one of my friends was reading it at the same time and I kept saying, it's the mafia. I know it's the mafia. And he finished it for me and said, are you still sure it's the mafia? I said, yeah. Then when I <laughs> I was talking to him last night, he said, well, did you finish it? I said, yeah. He said, were you surprised? I said, I couldn't believe it. I was totally surprised. Okay, I'm done. Well, I thought it was a tremendous book. I really enjoyed it. I think I may have said somewhere, if I didn't, I commend the chair for picking this up. For I think Jenny said, look, you guys are going to like it. And the suspect, of course, was Maggie, the dog, and Scott, the cop. It should have almost been called suspects because neither one were trusted to do their job. The violence, you've you got to read some more Reacher books. That was tame. I mean, it was very sad, Afghanistan. Joe, Pete Ramos was killed. Maggie had they had, had six Marines uh, hauling, hauling her off of her partner. I, I love dogs. I have a guide dog, and I could relate, not, not that they're military dogs, but I could relate to the, the training. It was really good. It sounds like Robert Crace did tremendous research uh, with the dogs, the, the, the patrol, the LAPD, all that he says at the end that he did his best to do that. 
Um, I love Maggie. She's my favorite character. Uh, Scott was cool. Um, and Joyce came along. She came along to respect Scott and probably fall in love with him, right? It, it looks that way. So a lot of action. I think the procedural is needed. The police don't just walk in and arrest you. They, I just finished The Silent Wife, and they, they work very hard to try to get leads. And, and now with the modern um, DNA and the labs are using their computers and the crooks are using computers and back and forth. So I, I, just, I was riveted. I had to read. I forget the reader now. See, it's been a while, but the reader was outstanding. Thank you. Yeah, Bob, you did post on one of the lists, and I, I knew when you said you liked it that I was probably going to like it, and I did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I've gotten a, a little spoiled to, to, uh, to liking the shorter books. I mean, it, it was an easy read, but it was, it was very entertaining and stuff. That, that's why I liked it, but uh, uh, the, the writing was still good, and I love, I, I love dogs, too, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, the bond between uh, uh, Maggie and Scott, and I, and I thought that was was presented very well. And I, and I like the fact that they were both uh, they were both clawing back from from uh, uh, what really I guess really could have been or maybe should have been career ending events that happened to each of them. And uh, uh, I, I like that about Scott. He he just did not throw the towel in, and uh, he uh, he was going to come back and uh, try to. Uh, find out what had happened to his partner because uh, I think he, he he knew she died thinking he was deserting her uh, and uh, uh, but uh, uh, like I said I, I really I really enjoyed it. it was it was it was very very well done and I, I was up till like 2.30 in the morning the night before last finishing it because uh, it was so exciting that 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 ending scene I thought was so exciting and I, I liked the way it was all pulled together I also enjoyed this book a lot and I agree with Bob that the procedural stuff is necessary. And really the violence over in Afghanistan was too because it had to set the table for what was to come and what was happening with Maggie and, uh, and of course, the violence there in Hollywood. Uh, well, that, I don't know that much about California, but I think it was Hollywood or L.A., um, you know, with Scott and his partner. So that had to be done, and uh, Maggie was the best. I'd love to have a dog like Maggie. I don't have a dog, but I'd love to have a dog like Maggie. And Scott was very cool, and so was Joyce. But I can see why she was a little, a little uh, apprehensive at first, you know, when uh, Scott called her and had her meet him and uh, gave her all that, those files and so on. Of course, I think I'm jumping a little ahead here, but... Um, it took me about two two sessions to read it, and uh, it was hard to put down. I really enjoyed it. Well, as I have said before, I didn't finish the book, and it wasn't because I didn't like it. It was because um, I just ran out of time. Um, between these book groups, and right now there's a whole bunch of good books and a whole bunch of good groups, and just keeping up is, is hard, but I also am having to do some reading for coursework, and then there's this nasty uh, uh, four-letter word called work, <laughs> so I don't get to read as much as I want to, but that said, I'm really enjoying what I'm reading. Um, I'm enjoying, I, I didn't really like the violence, of course, as Randy said, I sort of agreed at the beginning. I know it's necessary, but 
generally I don't read these kinds of books and I generally don't read crime books because you see so much of that on the news and I'd rather read something that I can identify with and something a little bit more tame. But that said, um, the dog man uh, bonding and just um, all the little intricacies and the character development and uh, everything that's happening in the book is really making up for the violence uh, that you know that you have to endure to to get through it. Um, and and I just want to say that this is an amazing dog, and. It is true about how they have such a a sense of smell, how things really open up for smell. I know with my dog, Sparky, sometimes I can hide a treat, and he can go through layers of of sheets or even different rooms just to find something. And you, you could put it on his, you know, if you have it on your hand, you let him sniff your hand, he can find a biscuit. And it's sort of a fun game that we play. And so when I was reading the part about the, the, the watch band and how they, uh, how Scott let um, uh, the dog um, go loose and, you know, let Maggie go into the park and uh, track down that, um, uh, what was his name, Daryl, and how he went right to him, how she went right to him. I can really identify with that, um, observing Sparky and the other dogs that I had. And I, I just, I just think that is so neat. Carla, it's good to hear you out back on computer. You're sounding great. And uh, yeah, it, that's what I liked about the book, that it was uh, the dog, man-dog bonding. That was the best part of it. I agree with you. That was my favorite too. And I... Like I said, once I got into it, I would. It only took me two sessions to read it too. It was just that initial part, and yeah, it is needed. I I read crime, true crime books sometimes, but they're um, few and far between. But it's it was a good book. Like I said, once I got into it, it was hard to stop. I started it a couple times before I, but then once I got into it, I, I think it took me a couple sessions too. Um, the dog was the main draw because I just wanted to see how that was all going to play out from such a violent um, beginning for the dog. Um, I was I was pulling for the dog. It was like she was the underdog, and that instructor that was really he gave gave Scott two weeks to work with it with the dog to see if, if they could work together and if the dog was really up to the task and I was you know pulling for the dog all the way and it was so nice to see and I'm sorry Carl I'm going to spoil this for you but it was it was nice to see um, the original trainer um, be so comfortable with the whole thing after everything was said and done and realized you know, what a good dog Maggie really was. Oh, hello, everybody. I was really, en- I agree with what many of you have said. And I enjoyed the dog bonding with the man very much also. And I enjoyed the steps, but I'm not a real crime person either, but I did enjoy this book. Yeah, and I like the trainer, Dominic. I don't remember the first, last name. Very tough. And he just told him, that dog is the most important thing in your life. And you, you're, you, you've got to be equal to that dog. And, and then when Scott 
wanted to hide the fact that Maggie was limping. And at the end, he said, I saw the dog limp. You didn't fool me. I want to give her a chance, though. I love the colloquy, I guess that's the word, between Dominic and the, the nurse at the end. Both strong people. And they both came to respect one another and get on the same side. And uh, they had the good trainer, good cop, bad cop. The other trainer was more fair. He was a good cop. He helped Scott and did things, you know, uh, for him and with him quietly. But I thought Crace uh, really shows Dominic as a master trainer and a, and a guy who said, uh, I had a guy dog trainer like that. And he would say, you failed my dog if you failed. I, did. I was too scared to fail. I didn't fail. But those who did, he says, no, you, you didn't. It's not my dog's fault. My dog's ready. You failed him. Yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed this book, and the reason I recommended it was because of the bond between the dog and, and or Maggie and Scott. Um, otherwise, it would have just sort of fell flat. Well, it would have fallen flat, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I, I enjoyed, I think with suspense, you know, you sort of develop a, or with suspense novels or crime novels or whatever, you sort of develop a taste for them and, um, at least that's what happened to me. And um, you're right when you say that the violence is really tame compared to a Jack Reacher novel. <laughs> There's a lot more violence. Um, but I can understand how that would bother people. Um, I guess I just sort of read over it, you know. And, and uh, But what I really enjoyed was the, the interaction between Scott and Maggie, and I enjoyed how... Um, some of the chapters were written from Maggie's point of view. I thought that was really neat. Um, and I also enjoyed um, the Dominic Leland, the trainer. Um, I mean, he was, you know, <laughs> he didn't waste any time. You know, he he just thought it like it was. And, and at the end, I was really glad that, you know, he got to respect Scott. Yeah, Dominic, he said, if I get my, pardon me, but if I get my butt kicked, from up, up top, you're going to get your stick. And he got mad when Scott took the dog and they got the, was it Daryl? Was that the one? Or was it at his house? And he said, that dog tried to bite me. And and Becky, uh, uh, technically, she wasn't certified, but, you know, Scott did it anyway. And he and uh, then Leland really chewed him out, and he should have. He should have. But then he, he saw the whole picture. He listened to Scott, and Scott uh, convinced him to give them another chance. Hi, this is Margaret. I haven't um, had a chance to be on this program, but I've read many of the books. I just haven't made it, but I'm awfully glad to be here tonight, and I I enjoyed the book a lot, and uh, um, it's not a genre that I read very much, but I, I did enjoy it, and I, I do have a guide dog, and I very much related to uh, to um, to Scott and, and Maggie and their bond, and I, I did get kind of lost um, toward the end, um, and I am curious because maybe I missed something, but it seemed to me that at the end that one of, that Joyce was one of the characters whose fate didn't really get explained, and so I'm wondering, did I miss something? Can someone help me out? Thanks. Hi, Margaret. Good to hear you. Joyce was a detective. Uh, very in the in the supervisory role. I mean, she was a good police woman, and it started at the beginning. She didn't trust Scott. This was a guy, you know, who 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 had post traumatic syndrome, who had gone through months, ten months of rehabilitation. She didn't trust him, and she had no. She didn't seem to like Maggie too much either. 
frankly, I hope that gets better if they get married. But she says, oh, look, she's got hair on my suit. Oh, my God. But that's a woman will do that or a guy will that, that isn't close to dogs. And at the end, she was kidnapped by, here goes another name, one of the policemen who's a rogue cop. Uh, they kidnapped her, had her in the trunk of the car, and then took her to the, this warehouse, which I think was in East Los Angeles. Uh, Marsha, I can see where you, you'd get confused, but I think it was. And um, they kidnapped her, and Scott gets her. No, not Scott. Is it Scott? Oh, dear. They get her out of the trunk. Maybe it is Scott. And they get her out of the trunk, and uh, and they go after these these narcs, these drug dealers who murdered Scott's partner. I think I have it right. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, Joyce gets herself out of the trunk. She she breaks one of. Although I think it's pretty impossible to do it, she somehow manages to wiggle free of one of those plastic handcuff things and cuts herself real bad. And then I think she pops the trunk open herself. Yeah, uh, Margaret. Again, I I got all that. Um, but it's just that when they were kind of doing the roundup about what happened to people, she I don't think she ever turned up again. So I guess it was left to your imagination that she was okay and and maybe they would have a life together or whatever. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. You're right. How she got out of that handcuff. Only, only Reacher can do those things, but he uses muscle, strength, and breaks it or whatever. Margaret, uh, you get the opinion at the end that uh, Scott, he says, Maggie, you're my favorite girl, but you don't mind if Joyce is in our life, do you? And you get the idea that they're going to fall in love or whatever they do. Yeah, she fades out. Yeah, she's not at the hospital that I recall. She's not around like Leland is and uh, uh, others. Well, thanks, Bob. I, I missed that sentence, so I'll, I'll thanks a lot. I, I just kept thinking, wait a minute, what happened to Joyce? But as I said, this isn't my genre, but I enjoyed the book all the same. Oh, great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, let's see. I was reading a review, and what it said is that, and I have not read any Robert Crace books before, but I know he writes some series and all that. Um, but in the review, it said that, and a couple reviewers said this, that a lot of the characters were just not very well drawn. And one of the most well-drawn characters was Maggie. And then the second one was Dominic. And I'm wondering what you guys think about that. If you think the characters were well-developed or well-drawn, or maybe that could have used some work. Well, I agree that Maggie was the best, and Dominic was very good. Scott, though, I thought was developed pretty well, you know, pretty well. I thought the rogue cop, was his name Ed, was done pretty well. You you got the, wasn't he the I cop, like, I'm wonderful, I did this, I did that. So, Alan, others could correct me with the name, I'm sorry, been a while. Uh, Joyce, sort of, it, it wasn't well that well done, in my opinion, about her. Who else? Who are we missing? Leland was good. Uh, the other trainer, the good cop trainer, he, no, they didn't. He was, he was just a good guy, even more patient than Leland. Uh, I'm trying to remember them all. And, of course, the druggies, not too well. Actually, they did a pretty good one with, with the uh, girlfriend. Was it Daryl's girlfriend? Was it a little bit? You know, he had to go to a, into a dump area and, and get her out of there. And I hope I have the right book in mind. And I'm not thinking of Reacher again. I get mixed up. But he, uh, I think they got the girlfriend out of there and uh, got her away, as I recall. Yeah, I think you got all that right. The, the bad cop's name was Ian, the, the, they referred to as the uh, 
uh, the eye guy, the eye, the eye man, because he always took credit for everything. And uh, I mean, I thought the character development was fine for what what the book was trying to be. I mean, it was it, it's not a long book, and they're uh, they're only making a certain point in it. And I, I thought the the characters that that contributed to doing that uh, were, were plenty developed. So uh, I, I didn't feel that anything was lacking in that department. I didn't either. I thought that they were well developed for considering the genre and the length of the book and they were developed enough that you could like or dislike and I just I didn't see anything wrong with it. Well, and again, I've got to qualify by saying that I'm not quite through with the book, but from what I've read, I think that the characters, they're not all well developed, but by the same token, I think the characters that needed to be well developed were well developed. And the ones that were not, you're not, they're just there to perform certain tasks and advance the plot, and that's that's about it. They're more like prop characters, I like to call them, and they're not as well developed. But that's okay. I mean, when you read a lot of literature, you'll find characters like that, ones that, uh, that are very well developed and then ones that, aren't maybe as well, but do they need to be? They're this just there, and they don't have to be a multi-dimensional one. Maybe a two-dimensional character is all you need. You need certain plot advanced or uh, a certain person to perform a certain action, and that's it. Maggie, the dog, was really well-developed, and I agree. I concur with whoever said that they enjoyed the chapters that were told from her point of view because that really brought things to light and endeared you to her, and it it really added a lot of depth and dimension to the book. Yeah, I actually thought that the characters were well-developed, too. I mean... Okay, they didn't go in excruciating detail, but I mean it was a it was a short book and yes there were you know, prop characters but I thought for a book that was written in the third person, I mean it was really well developed. Um and you know, especially at the beginning when they were describing like, you know, Scott's PTSD and stuff, you know, with the psychologist and that. I mean that that was really neat too. I, I enjoyed reading about that. And I mean that gave you know, that gave it some depth too. So, um, yeah, when when a few people wrote that, I didn't quite understand. But, I mean, maybe they're just used to... You know what I think it is, is is this is one of the standalone novels, and people that are used to reading books in the series are like, oh, is that it? Um, Because, you know, it's just this book and that's it. I mean, you're not going to get a whole character sketch because you're not reading a series. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I think... I think this guy may have a character named Elvis, somebody or other. Maybe I've not ever, I've never read him, but I could have the author wrong. But uh, I'm going to echo something that Bob has already said. I really did enjoy the stuff with with Dominic because, uh, I mean, I've always loved dogs, and you can read as many dog training books as you like, but when you read something like this where it's kind of done from a dog's perspective, and it, it really kind of makes the stuff stick about the whole pack mentality and how they think and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, Dominic kept going on and reiterating, you know, all these people that have dogs that don't have any business with them. They, you know, 
they're supposed to take the dog for a walk. Well, they're actually just taking themselves for a walk, and, you know, they're trying to, it's always about them, and they're not thinking about the animal like they ought to. And uh, I appreciated that he, he made that point, I thought, very strongly in the book, which uh, which uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I really, uh, if I could meet Mr. Crace, I would say, you really did your research, unless you have dogs yourself, and he very well might. But uh, good training techniques, really good. Well, he was told initially that he wasn't a dog man, but he, he made, like you said, Bob, he did his homework and he learned what he had to do. Now, maybe the baloney wasn't the best thing to, to get the dog to do stuff, but it did work. And, and he admitted that at the end. He said that, you know, uh, baloney isn't used to, <laughs> to train the dogs, but he, he did it the way he needed to. What I liked, yes, that's right. What I liked about Dominic is that he felt the canine patrol were special they he said we are the best our dogs are the best and we're the best and that's really what you got to do you know uh give your classes i i don't think i was perfect but i really try to treat my kids with respect that we're the best in here in this room we're doing it you know let's get it done and uh most of them rallied around they took pride in what they did not all of them but most of them did well that's great (laughs) um Yeah, you know, I I really liked Dominic. He was one of my favorite characters. I mean, I thought at first, wow, I mean, you know, but that's how you have to be. And so many people will look at it as the dog's failure when things don't go right and they don't, you know, really look at how the human plays into things as well. Well, there's a classic, uh, Jenny, with guide dog users and their dogs. The trainers always say nobody ever hears from the dog about what an idiot he has as a master. (laughs) And I think they're more right than wrong there sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Another thing that people said, and I'm curious about your opinions on the matter, is that um, the dog wasn't all that believable in some ways. Now, I don't know. I could see it happening. Just I, I think what they were saying is like the the interaction and the bond and just the dog in general wasn't all that believable. But I don't know. I I could see it, especially especially with a, a German Shepherd. I mean, they are very very loyal. You know, a lab <laughs> labs are loyal too. But I can't see a lab being as violent. But a German Shepherd definitely. Oh, no, absolutely. I think that uh, he's, whoever said that was wrong. I think that this dog was, that, you know, many times people do try to put uh, human traits to the dog, but this dog was really good. I mean, she uh, she wasn't just all sweetness in life, and she she would act that way, you know. She, it, I thought this was great, the, the way the dog was portrayed. I did, too. I, I totally believe in... I grew up with dogs, and I don't have one now, but they're so loyal, and a lot of them are bred to protect, especially shepherds, like you said, Jenny, and I just, I totally believe that that could have happened. Yeah, I thought the presentation of of Maggie was was totally believable. I didn't didn't have any problems with any of it. Everything I understand about dogs, it, it seemed to be spot on. And, uh, uh, I mean, granted, you know, she could have gotten shot at the end. Of course, I would have ruined the book. But, uh, uh, 
you know, it could have all very well turned out just just like he presented it. So uh, I didn't have any problems with that at all. Very believable. Very believable. This was a super dog, and, and uh, whoever said that doesn't know shepherds. If if I if you had your life on the line, and I love Labradors, believe me, I have one. But if you had your life on the line, and you had a well-trained shepherd, you're in good hands. You'll get through. And uh, I, I believe that. I had one shepherd, and I'm telling you, she was much smarter than I was, and she owned me. I didn't own her. I never never doubted the credibility of, of, of the dog. I, I'm surprised that someone did. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was, well, it was not unbelievable at all. Especially a police dog. Of all dogs, the police dog especially, they're going to guard and protect and literally put their lives down for their partner. Ruthann was on, was just telling me today she was on jury duty, reminding me, and they went by uh, patrol dogs. They were, I don't know if they were in training, being, you know, whatever, but they rigidly just had their eyes on their master and uh, Ruthann had her guide dog, and neither the guide dog nor the pack of dogs made a move. Well, I've seen, I've never had a shepherd myself, but I've seen handlers with shepherds. And what always amazes me is their devotion. I mean, they are so focused, it seems like. Now, I've seen ones, you know, they make a lot of noise and stuff like that, but I don't know, they, just the ones that I've seen that are really well-trained, I mean, they're so focused. I mean, they're so focused on their master, and I just, I could see it, you know, with the shepherd. If it was a lab, I'd be like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think so. But a shepherd, I could see, definitely. Many times, too, the person with the dog, or the dog, is focused on the whole family. They they yeah. try to keep everybody together. They try to keep, if the kids come in late, they would he would she would bark at our son and push him up the stairs and and uh, you know like almost like his second mother if, if you know but oh no and I think that the devotion with a shepherd is very very close and everybody can't deal with that but it's they they love you with their whole heart. Well, these dogs to these officers, I mean, they're they're their partner, and there's a there's a a bond between them. There's there's just something between them that can never be um, replaced. And we had a canine officer get killed, get got shot several years ago, and at that funeral, all a lot of the canine were there. And it's one point during the the ceremony, those dogs all howled. They knew what was going on. That that one of their own, the dog and the other policemen were being buried. Yeah, we had a canine officer killed here about a month ago. Maybe it was two months ago now. And they had the funeral. They televised it, and they had um, they. All the canine officers were there, and they just passed a bill, Rocco's Law. Rocco was the name of the canine officer who was killed, and they they just passed that bill so that anyone who kills a police dog 
it's a felony now and not a lesser charge. And, Randy, obviously the dog probably went out of service, right? If it was a shepherd, it'd be just loyal to Rocco and not any other future partner. I'm, I'm guessing here, but it'd be awfully hard. Rocco was the dog that was killed, um, and he he was killed in the line of duty. And so I get this the officer who had him is supposedly going to get another partner, another canine, down the road. He was injured as well. And what was really amazing that, you know, the funeral they had, so many people, it was supposed to be a private funeral and they opened it to the public and, you know, it got a lot of publicity and there's a company now that's making police dog bulletproof vests um, and that um, in honor of Rocco and, um, you know, outfitting dogs. And so it, it really spawned a lot of, of things and Rocco really, uh, you know, caught the hearts of a lot of people in, in our area. Yeah, they have. They had Rocco T-shirts, and when it was going to be, they at first said it was going to be private, and so many people wanted to attend and pay their respects that they they agreed to make it public. It was really that was it was all you saw on the news for about for that week, and it still comes up every now and then. They just had it on the news again because of Rocco's law being passed. I remember hearing about that. What, what city was that in, though? I bet it's in Pennsylvania. I'll let her talk. But uh, Pennsylvania leads the way uh, with regard to legislation, the law dealing attacks on service dogs. Uh, the guide dog has been blended in there. There are service dogs. And, uh, you know, in some states, uh, service dogs can be attacked and big deal. It's not, it's a misdemeanor or maybe, maybe it's nothing. And I know Pennsylvania's got a tough law. And I, the lady that sponsored it, a citizen there, worked 15 years to get the law passed. And congratulations. Let's tell us what's it, where, it, if it's in Pennsylvania, ladies, Carla or Randy, please. It's in Pittsburgh. It was, it happened during an arrest. They were trying to, apprehend a guy and it was a simple um it should have been a simple arrest but the guy attacked he tried to stab um the officer and he stabbed the dog and the the canine officer and he it happened on a tuesday i remember and by thursday the dog fought the good fight and the vet really thought that he was going to pull through but he had multiple internal injuries and two days later by that Thursday he was dead and they had um, the officer his partner carried him out they had that they wrapped him in the American flag and carried him out of the vet's office and the funeral was public a week later just a very traumatic and sad thing to happen. I, I really liked the part about um, at the beginning about Afghanistan because there's been a number of really touching news stories about dogs and army and other uh, marines uh, and, and in Afghanistan and soldiers being reunited with dogs when they came back to the to this country um, and didn't think they would actually see them again and. So I, that really spoke to me in a, in a lot of ways. 
Boy, this has been so good. So many good comments about this book and about the dogs and everything. I, I think many times we've read things, but this book has gotten so many good comments that really make you think. Somebody's been writing something, and I don't know how to get to it. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, that they've been text, text texting their thoughts on this. Yes, Gerardo wrote um, that he likes the... Um, interaction or he liked learning about how the dog thinks and feels and it helps him understand his pet dog more oh hi Gerardo I think I've seen him him on this welcome and feel free to comment Jenny's a whiz at reading these things well I think it was a great book I don't know how else to say it and I hope uh, people listening who uh, when they get this recording will read it suspect by Robert Price I want to read some of his other novels eventually. One of my friends has been reading his his Elvis Cole novels, and he says that they're very good too. So I am suspense isn't something I can read one after the other, so I space them out. But I do plan to read more of his novels down the road. Yeah, Gerardo was saying that uh, this was his first time on, and he was. Uh, uh, Glad to be here, and and that uh, he thought that the author did. And I think Jenny, you've already said that he thought the guy did a really good job presenting pre- presenting the world of the uh, of dogs and how they feel and stuff. So I, I would agree wholeheartedly that that was uh, that was very well done and one of my favorite parts of the uh, of the book. Definitely. Well, does anybody have any other thoughts? Otherwise, we'll kind of wrap it up and figure out what we want to read for next month. No, I don't, and uh, looking forward to seeing if you guys have a book to recommend or others. Okay, Gerardo also said that he likes how the uh, narrator helps us get immersed into the book, and I wholeheartedly agree with that as well. It was a good narrator. Yeah, Bob, you said you didn't remember. I, th- I can't remember what his first name was. I think, was it Todd, and his last name is Fox? He's related to Jill and Jack? Yeah, I think it was Todd Fox. I don't remember hearing him before, but... I thought he did a really good job. I could almost see him in the role as cop. <laughs> what a wonderful family. Jack Fox, who's superior. I read a book by him uh, recently. We had the author actually on uh, Fiction Old and New and uh, read his book. Uh, Jill Fox is a master. His daughter, I think a great reader. And now Todd, I'd never heard him before. What a great voice. He was perfect. He was perfect for this book. One thing I liked about the narrator was when he um, um, did that, that foreign shop owner that was robbed. He did such a good um, accent and really did a good job of, of portraying him. He, he made him such an authentic character. I really enjoyed that scene a whole lot. Yeah, I would have sworn it was an Asian guy talking there because I, I could just picture the guy. He did, he did do a good job with that scene. And I, th- I think he may be Jack's nephew, maybe somebody told us. But I'm not positive of that. I believe he's Jack's nephew. Okay, well, does anybody have any books they'd like to recommend for next month? Don't all speak at once. My mind is blank. I think Joshua had one, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I read one a while back by Fern Michaels called Yesterday. It's a family-type book, and it goes back it's four kids well they're adults when the book starts out and it goes back and forth um 
between their adulthood and their childhood and they're they get together because one of them's about to get married and something happens and there are a lot of twists and family secrets and it takes place down south on an old plantation but it's it's more of a contemporary book it's not historical or anything but it's it's good it's not a series Fern Michaels writes a lot of series and a lot of genres but this is a standalone book um, and a lot of the characters in it though do appear in her later books it's an older book I think it's a 95 copyright or something like that Gerardo is uh, suggesting uh, San Sandra Brown's Treasure Worth Seeking, which I've read a good bit of Sandra Brown. I like her stuff. I don't think I've read that one, but uh, that's that's his uh, suggestion, Treasure Worth Seeking by Sandra Brown. I saw reviews on that one, too, and it looked good. I've read Sandra Brown, too, and she writes good stuff, but I've never read that one either. He said it deals with the psychological consequences of hiding family secrets. So um, I guess those two are up for vote. Um, I haven't read anything by Sandra Brown. I had Rainwater on my on my cartridge, but I haven't read it yet. So um, I don't know. I'd, I'd be in for either one of those. Um, let's take a vote. Either one would be okay. I haven't read Fern Michaels or Sandra Brown, but I've heard about both of them. Well, I'm going to vote for uh, Sandra Brown's uh, uh, Treasure Worth Seeking. Just give me the name again real slow. Sandra Brown, uh, we've read her before. She is good, but I don't remember the book. I've read so darn many of them. It's Treasure Worth Seeking, but give me a half a second. I'll get you the DB number. One second. All right. Well, I'll I'll vote for Treasure Worth Seeking, too. Sounds good to me, too. I haven't read Sandra Brown in a, water, in a while. Oh, and by the way, Rainwater's excellent. Jenny, you should read it. The end is a total surprise. Treasure Worth Seeking. I finally got it with these old ears. And Alan, God bless him, always gets the DB anyway. I just remember the DB number and go to it. The other book sounded good, too. I wouldn't be opposed to reading that at another time, uh, but oh, it yeah. did sound good. Oh, definitely, and we can do that, sure. Okay, Treasure Worth Seeking uh, by Treasure, uh, <laughs> Treasure by Sandra Brown, DB number 35560. Oh, reading time, another shorty. Say hallelujah. Six hours, 39 minutes. Read by Jill Ferris. I think I like her. Uh, bestsellers and Romance is how it's categorized by uh, by Bard. So uh, that's that. Great. I love shorties too. So, And right now that that sounds good. What was the name of the other book that someone suggested? I... Yesterday by Fern Michaels. Well, Randy, keep that in mind. Write it down. Fern Michaels is a very good writer. Uh, but I'd like to try 35560. And I see someone in here we know. Let me see. Joseph Hernandez is here from Long Beach, California. Welcome, Joseph. Well, why don't we do um why don't we do the Fern Michaels one then in May? That sounds good. It's a little longer, but it's manageable. It's not it's not a 25-hour book. I think it's something like 10 or 12 hours, something like that. 
I don't remember exactly how long, but it's no 25 hours. I know that. Well, I'm, we're going on a cruise for half the month, so it'll be good reading if you do it in May. That'd be good. I'd like to. We'll be back by the time of this uh, this group. I think uh, you guys choose great books. A lot of times I'm making choices, like Carla said. There's so many clubs. It isn't that I don't like the others, but I say these guys have a better book. They've got to catch my attention. My learning, uh, my brain is getting slower. And if you don't grab it, if you're going to take me 100 pages to get it, you might lose me. Yeah, this, uh, that sounds like a good idea. And, I, you know, I kind of like if we can decide um, on two books, one for one month and one for the other, because that way you've got, um, you've got time to read one, especially if it's a little longer. Okay, yesterday, uh, reading time, 13 hours, 50 minutes, read by Kristen Allison. Did she? I think she may have been the one that read this one, uh, suspect, but uh, maybe not. Uh, DB number 50078, 50078, and it's categorized, categorized as family. Yeah, that sounds good. We can do that one in May. Kristen Allison just read Killing in the Hills for the Mystery Book Club. What a fine reader she is. I, I, I always liked her, but I appreciate her even more. She's really good. Yeah, thank, thanks, thanks for that. Cause I, I knew I had to come across her name, and that's what I'm reading right now for, for Sunday's meeting. So thanks, Bob. She does a really good job with yesterday. She gets the accent and everything down. She she really does a good job. Yeah, she's a good reader. She's read a lot of another series that I've been reading. Is Marcia still here? I haven't heard her. Um, she might have had to leave. Uh, yeah, so there's some guys in these book clubs that say, I don't care who the moderate, the narrator is. I want them to read straight. No impre- no expression. I don't. The narrator becomes a, is a very important part of the book. It can sell it, can make it, or it can't. There are some books that I won't read unless I can get the original narrator. If I have to buy the book so I can have the original narrator, I will. I'm very particular about that. Well, well, uh, well, hush. Like Dick Hill is Reacher. You know, he. I can't picture, and I've heard him read Ted Stoddard, who sounds like he has a necktie on too tight, and Mark Delgado. And and Mark Delgado is pretty good. Not with those books. See, I guess I'm not. Um, there are narrators that I like and ones I don't like, but um, and before I started getting barred, sometimes I didn't really notice. I mean, I knew which ones read them, but I, I don't know. I didn't know of them as well as I do now. But anyway, um, I guess it just sort of depends. But um, I'm not as picky as some people, but sometimes there are some narrators that I read and I'm like, oh boy. But, you know, I've learned how to speed, speed them up, so... When they get on my nerves, I just beat them up, and then it's okay. <laughs> but I've I've had to listen to RFB, so I'm <laughs> I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, um, this is Joseph. Uh, hello to everybody. I just got in here. I was trying to chime in. Um, I don't like RFB and D very much because it, to me it seems like their the narrator from RFB and D is very 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 slow, and it seems like they put no of their own personal touches in it. They just read it because they just read it. They, you know, they don't know how to put their own personal touches or maybe an accent of a character or something like that. I particularly don't like RFB and D unless I have to read them for school. Then I'm kind of like, 
uh, how can I say it, out of luck. Yeah, I particularly don't like RFB&D myself. Hello, Bob. Hello, Randy. And hello to everybody else that's in here. Thought I'd check in. And uh, sorry if I'm going too long, Bob. No, that's no problem. Jenny, you're just younger than I, all of us, but I, 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 I can't speed it up. I, I'm too, oh, I lose the feel of the book, but a lot of guys do and do it just beautifully, and that's okay. You know, whatever works. Uh, Joseph, I'm not going to criticize RFB. I started way back. Carla's too young to remember, but she might. When they had the transcription records, they had these floppy records. And if you bump, the needle could jump five chapters. You had to put a penny on top of it. And the voice was awful. But it was, they, it was, you could read it. You know, it's, it was a blind man's paperback. You could almost throw them away afterwards because you'd only read them once, maybe. And it was awful. Yeah, I think RFB and E may use a lot of volunteers and stuff. It, 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 it definitely is not. And, of course, I've only, I've only listened to one or, one or two of those books and that was before they became learning ally but uh uh the the one that i listened to it was it was night and day versus the the professional grade quality of like the nfb i'm sorry like uh uh nls and like audible and stuff it, it was just night and day and i think it's because they use a lot of volunteers yeah i had an i had um rfb when i was in grade school and high school and I didn't like them then I refused to use them when I was in college I found another source but and I had to pay for it but they were much better narrators and um, very responsive but I remember you talk about putting pennies on the records I remember doing that with the NLS books when they were on record and the the records were scratched or the turntable was going bad and you had to put a quarter on it to keep it from skipping and going all over the place. It was horrible. RFB and D might have been fine if you're reading an academic book. Uh, sometimes, you know, strange things. I've read, uh, I took a class in economics which I did not do well, well with because I'm just not, was not into that sort, sort of thing. But oh my goodness. If you're reading, like, uh, you know, about um, uh, geology and some of those things, I guess it's, you know, you don't need a Jill uh, Fox or someone like that to read that because it's, it's just mainly getting the thing read and you can read it as fast as you need. But uh, these narrators, both from NLS and from uh, uh, Audible and some of these other tape companies, are really good on the uh, book that you're reading for, you know, for enjoyment. Yeah, I'm going to get going, but uh, yeah, audibles are, are good because, frankly, the sighted market wouldn't tolerate anything less. But many of our narrators, in all fairness, uh, even recording for the blind, yeah, Alan's right, they switch volunteers, they cough in the middle of it, but they are volunteers. It, it's, uh, I read them a little bit in college, but then I got other ways to read things. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, our narrators, we just grew up with them. They became a part of our family. Great show that night, and I'm going to move on here. But I thank you guys very much, and I'll try to get this book. Hey, Bob, wait, 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 Bob, don't go yet. Don't go yet. Um, I hope you didn't leave. 
Um, I have a question for you. Uh, can I um, call you? I have a question for you on possibly becoming a moderator. We're glad you like our books, Bob. That's good. It's nice to know people like our books, and we enjoy picking them and doing this. So I know I, know I can speak for both of us because... Jenny and I have talked about how much we enjoy it. So we're glad you and Ruthian come. Well, thanks, everybody, for your wonderful comments. It was, it was a great meeting, as always, and I hope everybody has a, has a great weekend. I'll catch you all next time. Bye. See you later, Alan. Now, now, you know, uh, Joseph, now. if you want to call like Sunday. maybe Sunday night Sunday or Monday or something call. like that, this weekend is particularly busy for Bob, but he'd be happy to talk to you. Oh, don't come at 2 o'clock Sunday, either. If you call maybe Sunday evening or perhaps Monday, that would be fine. Monday about what time, Ruthann? I'm free all day Monday. I was thinking maybe during the day. Maybe 10, 11 o'clock, maybe 1, 2, somewhere around there. Yeah, that would probably be fine. He's um, usually on the computer at that time. And uh, I usually control, leave. Control plus. I usually leave about eleven. So if you want to call, you know, ten, eleven, twelve, sometime like that, that's that'd be perfectly fine. Let me uh, get your guys's um, number. I don't have it on me right now. I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna write it down. Carla, are you still on here? Ruth, did you get that? Yes. Let me give you the phone number. It's area code eight one eight. Nine nine eight zero zero four four, and he'll be glad to talk to you if you call him. Bob was sitting here when this was going on when he wasn't in the thing. He was a, he he had earphones on, so I don't think he was always aware of how loud he was getting. And he was sitting here, yes, yes, you're going on, and uh, I was having quite a time with.